0: Oh, doing pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself, Jeremy?
1: Oh, same. Not too bad. Can't complain. Yeah, it's been, um... It's been actually kind of had a couple of fun things going on this week, but how's your week been?
0: Uh, slow. Slow. Still doing some research on uh, what tractor or whatever to buy.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Because no sooner did I decide... Oh, yeah, it'll be a tragedy cuz I can't really afford a good, reliable mini excavator in the size I would need to get some of the stuff done. Uh then I got an advertisement for a just, you know, traded in or turned back in mini excavator up in Pennsylvania. That would be in my budget and it'd be exactly what I need and it had low hours. Hmm. I'm like, oh, "Really?" Well,
1: there you go. Now, yeah,
0: th- if I had a trailer, I'd, I'd have went and bought that one right then. But yeah, I don't have a trailer big enough. Yeah. And I haven't um, bought a trailer, one, because they're too expensive for what they are. I mean, I don't care what kind of trailer you get. They're yeah, too they expensive
2: for what yeah, they are. Yeah. The,
0: the sum of their parts should not cost that much.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, when the thing uh, is, too, is it's not like you're going to be contracting with this excavator, right? You just... It's not like you'll be needing to drive it around from place to place. You just want to get it to your place. Correct. Yeah. Now,
0: you know, maybe I'll go up the road with it and do something for, you know, brother. But probably not.
2: Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you know, you can't. You never say no.
1: Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like, so we've got a, I've got a Bobcat here. And it's my dad's Bobcat. And he's like, if I leave it here, you can use it all you want. If you can just store it in the barn, I'm like, that's a hot deal right there. <laughs> um, And then he had trailers here, but he's taken them away, which is nice. Like like all last summer, all this winter, there's like a big, huge gooseneck parked out there. There was a car hauler flat deck, a covered car hauler, and a black motorcycle trailer. And I never use any of them. And I'm kind of like, just scoot them out especially the gooseneck that thing's just ugly like I I don't have a way I can't even use it like I don't have that type of a setup on my truck but um now he's got them all like I think he he was hauling stuff to their place at Mabel Lake BC and stuff like that and now they're all gone which is super nice it looks nice um and then we had some friends they're like oh you guys have a bobcat like yeah like they're removing these old flowers no it's just some trees or something or shrubs that they live in the city and they're doing some pretty significant landscape changes and she's like is there any chance you could bring your bobcat here and help us rip these trees out and this bed out and i was like you know what bummer is i don't have a trailer for it (laughs) and i was kind of like yes i mean i don't know you you got to help people out but some people, when they find, oh, you've got this? Oh, oh, well, that means you're just waiting for a job to do with it, aren't you? It's like, well, no, not really. I'm <laughs> not looking for any extra any extra work to do. I've kind of got enough on my plate as it is. But but then at the same time, well, never mind. I haven't needed a trailer yet. But, Oh, actually, Isaiah, so he's got a truck. Isaiah bought, was it, a 94 Chevy? And it, it ran when he bought it, but it didn't have a starter in it. And the guys said so the starter needed to be replaced he got it for dirt cheap and so the guy it's a standard and so the guys would just pull start it and drove it out to our place or other place and i've looked at it and i can't figure it out like he he went and he's like oh i'm gonna put in the starter." It's okay we'll just you know look at the manual because we got him a manual and i said read the instructions on the st- instructions for the starter and i think he hooked something up wrong because i think one of the main ground wires is just like f- melted and he's like this was smoking really bad i'm like okay i don't know what you did but hopefully and i don't like i'm not an automotive mechanic especially when it comes to electrical systems like good luck i have i struggle with electrical like it's i did a couple things uh this week like i put in a new uh 220 volt contactor on our gate and uh man i had to think about that circuit for a while but um Yeah, and then it'd be nice to have a trailer to haul that to a mechanic so they can look at it, you know, but other than that, if you have a trailer and then a piece of equipment and people find out, (laughs) next thing you know, you're just doing everybody's yard work for them.
0: Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it is nice to be able to help people out now and then, you know, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. People, you know, I'm a nice guy. I really am. I just play a jerk on a podcast. But um, (laughs) I'd almost help anybody, you know, that came along. But the older I get, the more your character plays into this. Yeah. And an example lately that I would give is our neighbor. They're only one other livable dwelling on this whole road. And it was the old, the one guy was, had been renting it. And, uh, all it is, is like, uh, you know, one of those like, uh, sheds, they want to make it look like a tiny house.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what it, that's all it is. is a shed. Oh,
2: you wow. It,
0: but, um, the one renter that had the van that, went up and down the road like eight hundred times a day that I complained about before, you know, they left and then a guy that works for the hunt club that owns the property is renting it right
3: mm-hmm.
0: now. And they moved down from a different state and they bought some property. So I don't seen online, but it's right in the middle of like Methland, Tennessee. Okay. You know, they simply cannot enjoy their property, do anything with it because of crime, drugs, idiots. Really? Yeah. That whole area is overrun. Wow. And the police are having a difficult time because there's so many now. It harkens back to the old, like, mountain days of, like, moonshining. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. community of criminals is so tight-knit now, you just you can't get in the door to, you know. Oh, wow. Anyway, so this guy is complaining that, you know, you gotta, I bought this land, you know, on on paper at least. It's our dream home, but now we can't even enjoy it because of other people not caring how what they do affects you or your livelihood or your life or your property, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think this neighbor does up and down my road?
3: Hmm.
0: He's got a, just a piece of crap. Well, the the pickup truck he drove prior to the one he has now had been rolled and it was still like the, the, the roof of the cab and the A and B pillars were bent oh, to wow. the passenger side. Wow. Um, quite noticeably. Uh, the bed was accordioned. the, where the bed and the cab meet was about a foot, a full foot lower than it should have been. It just like bent. Wow. Right? So he finally got rid of that and uh, got his other truck, not quite a big piece of crap. It doesn't run, it doesn't look, it doesn't do anything hardly at all, but he has the most powerful subwoofer known to mankind in this thing.
1: (laughs) How old is this person?
0: Well, he has two kids in college. Oh, wow. So,
1: that makes him figure weird.
0: he's at least 38 to 40. Wow. Right. And so I mean like 10 times a day back and forth. And I'm not a prude at all, but I moved out here to get away from that stuff. Yeah. And this is somebody annoying the crap out of their neighbors that complains about their neighbors, not letting them enjoy their life, their property and their home. But that's what you're doing. Yeah. And he was like, um, he had asked me if I had any work for him because he needs some money. All right, let me think about it. And I've been thinking about it all summer and my wife went walking with her friend up and down the road, walked to the cemetery and back and, uh, they walk right by their place. And then they, him and his wife stopped them and they were like, Oh yeah. You know, your husband decided if he wants send me to do anything. I really need the money. You got two, two kids in college, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, sorry, mm-hmm. your subwoofer has talked me out of you. Yeah. Now, that could be very shallow and very small of me, but I don't think so.
2: No, not at all.
0: If he'd have never said anything, right, Yeah. about having despicable neighbors that bother you,
2: Yeah. I
0: would just, hey, man, you mind just turning that thing, you know, down a little when you come by the house?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, people... You know, it's actions that define who you are as a person, you know? And man, if somebody's acts like obnoxious all the time, they are an obnoxious person. And that's just how it is. That's not being judgmental. That's not being mean. That's just the fact, you know, like you, people don't like that, but what you do is who you are. And if you're driving with like obnoxiously loud music, you're a jerk. You're a menace. Full stop. You know, judgmental? Yes. Truth? Yes. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah, ay. Man, you know what I've been hearing speaking of loud music? And this is something that what, what are your take? What's your take on motorcycles with speakers on them? Because <laughs> in the last week, I've probably noticed six or seven motorbikes will go by on the highway and I'll hear the music first. And these are Harleys. I'll hear music and I'm like, what is that? Like, if it's like a woman singing, it sounds like somebody's like almost yelling out in the field. I'm like, what is that noise? And it gets closer and I'm like, oh, it's a Harley with a big speaker system. And he's got it cranked. I don't get that. Like, I've never had a, a a motorbike with a speaker system and maybe they are kind of fun, but I don't know. Some of these guys have it so loud. It's just obnoxious. And I understand and you've got to have same. it loud.
0: I have exactly. the same opinion of that as I do of car or truck stereo systems that you can hear outside of your vehicle.
1: Yeah. And you pull up to a stoplight. Why? Yeah. And these guys you, have this all stupid you're doing music. Is saying,
0: I am more important in my mind than everyone around me. Yeah. Screw all you people. Yeah. And and that's what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, I Now, I knew a guy when I was riding Harleys that had a, you know big bagger had the speaker system and you couldn't hear it unless you walked up those um bike
3: mm-hmm.
0: he didn't have it blasted mm-hmm. he's like that's stupid you know? yeah you know somebody will be riding next to him man turn that up i want to hear it no it's rude yeah you know bikers already got a bad enough rep
1: yeah one and the thing is too it's like when you're doing highway speed on a motorcycle it's loud, and so then if you want to be able to hear your music, it's got to be extra loud, and it's just.
0: Or you have speakers in your helmet, yeah. like normal freaking people. Yeah. Idiots, those yeah. bikes have helmets and an audio system on it, mm-hmm. right? So you can talk to your passenger. Mm-hmm. Radio plays right through them. Yeah. You're you're just being a, a douchebag.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: By. You know, cranking the music. Well, it's so, it's for my safety so people can hear me. That's what loud pipes are for, shut up,
2: That's right. move on.
0: Yeah. And you yeah. know what else? I don't care if bikes were completely silent. You are responsible for your safety. Yeah. Just as much as every other motorist on there, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was riding, I was cognizant of staying out of people's blind spots, not you're riding their bumper, um, you know, not being a jerk. And for some reason, you know, human nature is you can almost feel when somebody's staring at you. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to make eye contact with them in their side view mirror, they feel it somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time. Yeah. And they're like, "Huh? Oh, who's looking at me? And they see you and you're like, oh, hey, you know, because I wave. I don't give them angry looks. I don't flip them off. Yeah. Again. Harleys are fun to ride, but they have a bad enough reputation. Can we try not to make it worse?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, there. it's just funny. I just, it was weird. I've noticed a huge increase of those guys driving by with speakers. Yeah, I've been out on my bike a few times this week running errands here and there um yeah fun stuff oh i got a i got a new grinding jig um knife grinding jig have you ever heard of the the Moen blade grinding fixture
0: no but i'm a big fan of their faucets
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> different mowin <mode>. um <laughs> So this one, I th- I think they're out of, te- yeah, Texas, I'm pretty sure is where, I think it's Dave Mowen is his name. But anyways, he what? made.
0: Does he be mowing his grass a lot? <laughs>
1: That's right. Oh, <laughs> yep.
0: Just come arrest me, people.
1: <laughs> Let's see. Now, this grinding <laughs> fixture, yeah, the MoenTooling.com is where it's from. Um this thing is expensive but it is awesome you know so I um uh, I don't know I I can freehand and all this stuff but it's sometimes when it's just so much faster sometimes with it with a jig like when I'm grinding with a jig especially if it's pre-heat treat I can like just hog that bevel into the belt let the material fly I don't care how hot that steel gets because I'm not touching it and then you know I I I cool it down like way less often and it just it's way faster like I could probably put in a bevel twice as fast if I have a jig compared to holding it with your hand because blades get hot and also I can never ever one of the big reasons too is that freehand grinding the way that I do it I grind my fingers off like that's just how it is like you're always just barely touching the belt with the fingers underneath the blade. And if I do a full day of grinding, my my index knuckles are bleeding. I, and I have permanent scars there now too from them. And I'm like, you know, this isn't, I don't know. And so anyways, I've tried, I've made tons of fixtures. I've, I've never really bought any fixtures. I haven't actually. I've made a, tons of different variations of fixtures. And then I saw this Moen grinding fixture probably like two years ago. And I was like, I don't know. There's like very little information on it. There's not a lot of good YouTube. There's some YouTube videos, but anyways, a a Canadian knife making supply had that on sale. And I'm like, Oh,
0: I'm sitting here looking at the picture and I can't even figure out how to use it.
1: Oh, dude. So basically, there's like that center part, right? That's the clamp. And it slide it's dovetailed so it slides in so the nice thing about this is that you see the entire blade like there's nothing blocking the view of the blade uh, of the back side of the blade so you can you know you like to look and i always like to measure my you know where like where the grind comes to and just every part of the knife that to make sure it's one side to the other side and with all the jigs i have you can't see the entire side of the blade that is not being ground So you kind of eyeball it and get it close and then you'll take it out of the jig and you'll realize like oh you know what this curve is just a little different than that one so you have to put it back in um so essentially the the center part is a is a clamp that holds it there's a carbide file guide built into that and then that slides down into it's like it's a dovetail and then it locks in place and then when you want to grind the other side you just loosen off this one thumb screw flip it 180 degrees slide it back down and you can go from side to side in a matter of like three seconds, right? There's no tools to switch between sides. And then it's got these little fingers, one on each side, so that if you're, if you're getting a real thin blade, that's one thing with a lot of, uh, grinding jigs is that once you put a bevel on one side, now all of a sudden, you know, you flip it around, you don't have support on the end of that blade. And so as you're grinding, the blade will flex on your second side that you're grinding in. So these fingers, you adjust them. And so that it will hold that knife there. And I'm telling you, I, so i I did what did I do three knives yesterday. And I have never had a clean, crisp grinds this easy. Like it is just, usually I have to like go back and forth and finesse them. And it, it takes me a lot of effort to get really nice, consistent, even grinds. This thing is just like zip, zip, zip. I'm like, oh my word, this is crazy. It is so cool. But um do you kind of see how that works sort of a little now? I'm gonna do a video about it. But um yeah, there's 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 like I would say maybe there's like three or four videos on YouTube about it. And a lot of them are just like talking for five minutes before they show you what it is, but
0: Yeah, I'm watching the uh unlisted video that linked directly off his website. Yeah on his mowing tooling YouTube page. And it's still not clear what the dovetails are for. Mm. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, probably for some attachment to the attachment.
1: What dovetails? Oh, you mean the ones in the base plate?
0: No, the clamp, because the the clamp opens in between the two dovetails and that's where the blade goes.
1: Yeah. And so it that doesn't do-
0: show you what the actual vertical dovetails are for
1: yeah they, look on the back side of that clamp now there's a dovetail that that dovetail slides into the base and so that way when you pull it off well, i'm, sure it I'm out,
0: watching him use it and the both dovetails are open and nothing's being used
1: well then he's not grinding oh with it.
0: never mind I, I see what you're talking about yeah yeah oh there's never mind there's there's like a bunch of ways you can use it
1: yeah yeah but dude it isn't it is incredible but yeah they were like uh, they had a pretty good sale on um canadian knife making supplies and like i said i've been wanting one of these i've been looking at them like for about two years and i'm like man first of all that would be a very complicated system to make because that the main part that holds the clamp that holds the blade that can slide in because there's what is it one two three four five six there's like nine slots across this whole thing and those fingers you can loosen them out put them in any slot you want that uh clamp like you could do a 14 inch knife with this you would just have to loosen off the base slide it to the very end dovetail that's in the base you know and um but and i'm like man that's next to it would take It'd take me probably like a solid week if everything went really well, I would need to buy some new cutting tools and to try to replicate something like this. And I thought, you know what? I don't know, but it's also like hard to justify. Like I think the regular price for us was like eight or nine hundred bucks. I'm like, dude, that's a lot of money, like for a knife grinding jig. And then. Canadian Knife Make Supply had them on sale. They had three of them. And it said, while wow, supplies last. And I uh, I think it was like 175 bucks off or something. And I'm like, that's a pretty good price. Like, it's cheaper than the retail is on his website. And I'm like, I don't know. And then it kept saying for a whole week. I was like, if it's here at the end of the day, or if it's there tomorrow morning, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> and then I'm like, if it's there tomorrow morning, I'm going to buy it. And then finally, I was like, You know what? I was was on Saturday. I was coming back from somewhere and I was like, you know what? It's like five o'clock in the afternoon. If it's there on the website, I'm going to just do it. And then I go and there's one left and there's been one left for a week. And I was like, you know what? Enough's enough. And so I bought it and I I bought it Saturday at about five o'clock in the afternoon. And it was here on Tuesday, Tuesday in the morning. It was delivered. I'm like, wow, that's sweet. But yeah, it is cool, man. I know the, so I'm going to do a video about that. And I know all the comments are going to be so expensive, so expensive, so expensive. And it's like, have you seen what milk is these days? (laughs) Everything's expensive.
0: You know, for a fully adjustable, you know, good sight line grinding jig is not actually that expensive. No. When you look at, you know, the... The amount of parts that are in it and you know anything about manufacturing you know it just doesn't look like it's not a bad deal you know what i
1: mean yeah no totally and it's all made in america you know i mean um no i, th- I think it's it, for how well it works like it's unreal like i as soon as i ground my first knife with this i was like aha i am so glad i have this in my arsenal now because there's some days where I just like I'll start grinding and it just it's troublesome and I can't sort things out I'm like yeah and then you know all of my grinding jigs they bolt down with uh quarter 20 screws so when I want to grind from one side to the other side I loosen it off and then of course you have to press it flat down on the table make sure your plunge angle is the same as the last time you clamped it and all this stuff and it's, it's just a pain where's this once you clamp it in you can go back and forth between the two sides and it, it literally takes 10 seconds to flip from one side to the other and you can finesse a knife and get it completely you know once a, and it oh I'm, I'm a huge fan of this thing it's pretty pretty impressive so yeah now we gotta <clears throat> starting to pile up a bunch of knives that have been finished ground and need handles so I'll be onto that soon fun stuff Oh man, all our leaves are falling off the trees here already. It's uh starting to feel like fall. I think I think one day this weekend we're close to the freezing mark already. Yeah. Nope. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, we're it's been uh like dipping into the 50s at night, but we're still getting up around 80-something in the day.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's funny because, it, you know, in the, in the heat of summer, I'm always like, I can't wait for this to be over. This is too hot. And then it's always in the fall. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Winter's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's supposed to be a, they say it's going to be a pretty harsh winter this year. So that'll be fun yeah but oh man so they're pulling the crops off our field here <clears throat> and uh, um did I mention this last week or is it may have been talking to somebody else um normally like the I don't know exactly if it's barley or what it is like some of the fields around us are canola and some of them are another type of a grain wheat or something usually that's about I don't know two to three feet high there's places where it's six inches high like it is, it is just such a janky year for, for crops this year. It was terrible. I've never seen it this bad. Usually the combine goes by and often the wheels of the combine, you can't see them because the crops are so high <laughs> and he was out there swathing, and I'm like, what? It looks like somebody just mowed their lawn like six inches. And then the, oh, it is so bad. Not good. So if we had a harsh winter with a whole bunch of snow, I think that would really help a situation out. Do you guys yeah. how many cr- crops around you guys, or is it like mostly pasture land?
0: Um, We have corn, tobacco, really, a... hay.
1: What does tobacco look like?
0: A big leaf, and huh. then, you know.
1: So could you just take that leaf, chew on it, and get the... And die, yes. Oh, really? Yes. So what do they do? There's a...
0: There's a... Incredibly... uh, Biological and chemical process that takes place just when you dry the leaf.
2: Oh, okay. And that's
0: why it has to be dry. Really? um, Before you... Because when you... There's so much what we used to call resin in the, it's a chemical Mm -hmm. that oozes out of these leaves. It'll make you sick. Oh, okay. Um, just when we used to, when we, when they used to do it by hand, um, and hang it, but you know,
1: huh? That's crazy. I had no clue. That's interesting.
0: And I know the, you still go in a, old old timey tobacco barn from a hundred two hundred years ago it, it smells like a like a hum- old humidor, almost huh. yeah almost uh, like some that. of them just smell like you know goat crap but anyway
1: huh so corn tobacco what uh, what else are you saying
0: uh you know soybeans in some places um it's very diverse because Tennessee is so wide, mm. but it's not so tall, so yeah yeah, um it it runs the gambit between um crops that need sand to grow, kind of like tobacco, and then uh a lot of fruit can grow here, hm like trees, yep, weird, that takes a lot of work, but they can and thrive here hmm. um. You know, it. Um, not a lot of industrial farming, for much of anything other than like hay, feed corn. Hmm. Most of the tobacco farms now are small private. Um, oh no, really. Like reserve farming.
2: Huh.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I remember um, we went to uh, Weibor City, Florida and is like where all the Cubans lived. And so they had all these little uh, cigar shops, handmade cigar shops. And there's tons of them. Like it was almost like just streets and that's, that was kind of what they're known for. And you go in there and they'd have all this dried tobacco hanging up. And man, I love that smell. That smells so good. And they'd mix it, these different leaves, and they'd have it all. It's kind of neat. And they'd, they'd roll the cigars right there by hand. It's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: there's a guy on YouTube from Ybor City that has a cigar rolling shop, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He does uh, small craft rolling. Oh, okay. But he shows it, and and he's, you know, of Cuban Cuban lineage. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And uh, it's just, cigar rolling is fascinating to me. Yeah. Because it doesn't look like they know what they're doing when they're rolling. It doesn't look like they're putting a lot of care into it. And then you see the end result, and you're like, oh. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Then you smoke the end result, and you're like, oh,
2: I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. And how they just
0: know while they're doing it that, it, they could start with the same uh, wrapper, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, as they're rolling it, they're like, you know, the last one I put in this, this, and this filler, you know, I don't think the third this is going to work in this one, so, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's weird.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Like you're, you might buy 10 cigars from him, and they will all 10 smoke and taste the same, but they won't all have the same Hmm. Uh, ratio of filler, you know, mm-hmm. it's weird.
1: That's crazy. That's interesting. There's a restaurant in Webor City called the Columbia Restaurant. Yes. Oh, dude, have you ever been there?
0: Well, I, I used to live down the street. Really? Um, I, I, we lived in Brandon, Florida when we were, uh, one, we're both from Florida originally. Okay. That's where I was born. And she would, went to high school. And most of her school was in Orlando, but when we lived, when we after we got married, and we lived in Florida. We lived in Brandon, so, huh. right, like a couple miles from Emory.
1: Did you ever go to Columbia Restaurant?
0: We have been to probably every restaurant in more City. Oh,
1: that that Columbia, because it it's massive, isn't it? Take almost a whole city block.
0: Yeah, and I, and it's changed over the years, because um, the uh, spaghetti warehouse. It doesn't sound like much, but it was a giant warehouse and it was an Italian restaurant. Huh. But it was Italian with a Cuban kind of twist. Okay. And, uh, but what it used to be was a cigar making factory. Huh. And Colombian was as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because when I was born, that's where my dad worked was in the, uh, Muriel cigar factory. Really? And he was a delivery guy.
1: Okay. Oh, that's crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, so I we went there with my dad. <clears throat> this was my 18th birthday. And uh, we were supposed to go deep sea fishing, but there's too many tropical storms threatening that we couldn't actually get out. Um, so, we ended up fishing off some of the piers and we caught fish, but um, we went to the Columbia restaurant. And it's almost like, I think at the time they said there was basically like seven different like they'll have different kitchens in different areas and they don't have them all operating i think this time there's only two of them operating so basically they were running like two sevenths of the restaurant and then on a busier time sometimes they'll have the whole thing opened but it, it and it almost felt like they could actually section off part of the restaurant and it was just crazy and i remember this thing was like almost a full city block if they have the whole thing up and running and uh it was good. I had pavillon there or not with them pavillon. Um, I forget it's, it's very similar. Uh, pavillon is a Venezuelan national dish and it's like shredded beef, black beans, or, uh, rice that they flavor. I don't know what they flavor it with, but it's got a very unique flavor and then plantains and it's delicious. And they had a dish very, very similar to that. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, man, this is so good. I always wanted to go back to the Columbia restaurant, but
0: well, if it has plantains in it, I will have to disagree with you that anything with yeah. plantain in it is good.
1: It's all you know what you plantains take the plantain are gross, and you put mayonnaise on it, Todd. Mm. See,
0: <laughs> you have something that shape with something like that on it, and no, thank you. I'm comfortable with my sexuality. Um, <laughs> I'm cool.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a fan of plantains. Steph is going to cook them the other night. Uh, she did a nice dish. Actually, very similar to what I just described. I think it was like a, a light coconut rice and then black beans. Although I think we had... No, it was flank steak that she shredded. And it was done in like a, a nice Mexican spice. And and then she was going to get plantains for it, but nobody around had them.
0: Donette loves uh, the frozen plantain chips oh okay and you eat just eat them frozen
1: really because i've had plantain chips but never frozen before
0: i mean they're they're literally just di- you know sliced they do uh, something with them slice them and then freeze them and then you eat them like that really um she's had other kinds of plantain like deep fried mm-hmm. all kinds of and she's like oh these are great no they're not
1: yes they are todd no your personal preference is incorrect I'm sorry to tell you.
0: I will tell you that uh, a lot of Latin cooking can just serve up some pork that'll make you just think you're in heaven. Mm. And I've learned how to cook like Cuban roast pork uh, and I do a mean Cuban roast pork Mm. and then serve it up with uh, cilantro lime rice, black beans. Uh, You can make Little street tacos with it. Mm. You can do anything you want. I mean, because I, when we um, lay it out, you know, you can have it on the plate. You can have it in a shell. Whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Cuban pork just makes you happy.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't care how you put it in your mouth. Yeah. Makes you happy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had um, Isaiah's birthday was Saturday. And uh, he wanted poutine, like the kids get to choose their, their dinner they make. And so he wanted poutine for his dinner. And there's a restaurant uh, breakfast and lunch only called OEB. And they'll do this, this breakfast poutine, they call it the big pig. And so it's called pulled pork bacon. And then it's a, it's a poutine. And so we just did a pulled pork poutine. And so Steph roasted a pork butt. Oh my goodness. It was so good. And then, so that was Saturday night's dinner. And then on Sunday we had friends over, and they have five kids, and their oldest is, I think the is seventeen or something like that. And then they go down to about, I think their youngest is four. And um and like they're boys, they play football. And so I was like, we need a lot of food, so we sous vide a brisket. I was gonna take a picture and send it to you. I was like, to "Make Todd flip," and no, it I mean, turned. I, it.
0: I joke about sous vide, but it's very interesting to me. Um, I think the reason it, like, would turn me off from trying—not trying it, like, when somebody else cooks it, not eating it, but me trying to cook it—is it can go pretty south pretty quick. No. And I would just commit Harry Carey. You take a hundred and fifty dollar piece of meat and ruin it.
1: I don't think it can go south quick.
0: I don't. I don't mean like quick as in time, but in talent.
1: Nah, no. Yeah, it is so easy, Todd. Like sous vide. Like you, there's different different uh, ways people like to do it. Some people like to do slightly lower temperature, longer. Uh, we're doing a bunch of reading. They say okay, these certain stages things happen to the different you know, when the fat starts breaking down and, and he was like, when we sous vide a brisket, like we trim almost all the fat. Like when I bar, when I do it on the, on the smoker, I mean, we trim the fat cap a bit, but we still leave a good half inch, at least on top sous vide, you get rid of it all. Cause you don't, in other words, like for cooking that long, the meat, they say can actually get oily. And, uh, I mean the fats were all the flavors from, but they say you really want to, Clean it up very well. And so I think we did it for like.
0: Well, it's staying there, so you don't need as much of it.
1: Yeah. And there's you no. Know, the, it's the, in a
0: bag, sealed, vacuumed. So whatever fat you leave on it is going to be there. It doesn't drain off, it yeah. doesn't drip off, it doesn't burn off. It's there. So yeah. you need less of it. Yeah. Like when you're Texas doing a Texas brisket, you need like four cows worth of fat on a three pound brisket because they cook it to death like it had the death penalty and they're gonna never mind
1: no no jimmy no where you're going with that they're gonna cook cook the evil out of the meat but um
0: that's not, that's cremated that's not cooked <laughs> that's
1: um... right that's why they're cremating their steak how dare you that's right um, i've tried
0: i've i've tried texas brisket i don't know how many times hundreds you know how many times i've had it and i'm like oh my god this is so good i would eat it again
2: how many two huh
0: and i remember them both
2: <laughs>
0: i mean they're both that memorable because somebody got texas brisket correct yeah. oh and by the way they're both professional chefs and you know four and a half five star restaurants, if that means anything in reality yeah yeah um now, one of the restaurants is like the food has got to be the fivest of five stars ever. The atmosphere in the building looked like it's a dive, and that is exactly the kind of restaurant I love because mm-hmm. you walk in, it's comfortable.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a now that is atmosphere. If you go into some place and you, you have to. I I know I'm going to sound like a jerk, but let me finish people. If you have to walk into a restaurant and it's dark and everybody has to whisper and you have to wear a suit or you can't get in and then the food is, you know, $200 an ounce mm-hmm. and you only get, you know, a heaping teaspoon of something. And that's a, you know, Yep. No. Stop. That's not an experience. I don't know what you're going there for, but you're an idiot and you don't have very many brain cells to to rub together. However, you go to a restaurant and it's at least passing the cleanliness inspection by the authorities and the kitchen's immaculate, right? And the food they bring you is in healthy, reasonable portions you know like eight ounces of meat whatever eight 12 ounces of meat or protein and it's you know of reasonable cost so you know a eight ounce filet you know 60 bucks that's on the high end of reasonable but it's reasonable and it just melts in your mouth and while you can hear people talking it's more like a murmur instead of a whisper everybody's comfortable you're having fun with who you're with and you just your in your, you know, mouth is like it's on a carnival ride of flavor mm-hmm. and you're not. Oh, I'm having a duck's left liver, <laughs> you know, pureed with salad tongs
1: and oh God, shut up. <laughs> I hear you, Todd.
0: What do you want? You know, the be- One of the best things in the world. You have a a protein such as beef or game, you know, deer, elk, reindeer, whatever. You have a red meat protein. You have a veggie that you like. And then you have fondant potatoes. Mm. That is probably... I You know, one of the best meals you could have. Yeah. In that realm of meat and potatoes. Yeah. And then if you want to throw some twist on that, then you have like Cuban roast meat. It could be pork. It could be beef. Um, And then you have a Cuban uh, roasted or fried potato. It's it's like, as I understand it, I have never been to Cuba, but I do know Cubans, and I was taught to cook Cuban by a Cuban lady, um good friend of ours back in the day. Uh, she's like, you know, here's a Cuban roast potato, and it's roasted on the stove, not in it, mm-hmm. just wanna, and you use some drippings, and it's almost like English roast potatoes but you do it on the stove not in it and it's used with a different kind of potato and with some uh pretty flavorful punch in the mouth uh cuban spices cuban mm-hmm. seasonings oh my lord mm. so good yeah
1: oh man i'm hungry now todd <laughs> I'm And then,
0: <laughs> the best thing about like cuban roast pork it's like you can have it for breakfast the next day, and then you have a sandwich with it that afternoon, you know.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> have you ever heard of an Italian chopped sandwich? Oh, yeah. I saw... A, a, the one thing I really like, you know, these posts that are fed to you on Instagram, I get a lot of food ones, and it, it really makes me happy. And I saw this one just like Italian chopped sandwich. So it's just like lettuce, and then I forget... He did some peppers and then a bunch of different types of meat uh, and then just chop it all up as fine as you want. And then he added mayonnaise and then, then the Italian seasoned this. And I forget what it was. I, I saved it. <laughs> I've got a whole folder of posts that I save and it's called food. And it, man, it, it's handy. Sometimes if if like I need to be responsible for dinner, I can just go there and like, okay, there, boom, they'd pick this one. But I want to try one. I've never had an Italian chop sandwich. They look good. Have you had the one before?
0: I had one years ago in Italy. And oh, wow. Well. I don't even know what they called it there because it was the Italian name for it. And I just, they also had like a picture mm. and then the Italian name under it. And you could just say, I would like, you know, you point. That, it's no. a point menu is what it was. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> they had them all over at that time in Italy. I don't know, they still do. Um, that's where I had, uh, I was trying to warn people, the other Americans there, because we went to, they're uh, in Florence and they were gonna have pizza. I'm like, don't do it.
2: <laughs> what is that? Don't
0: do it. Oh, come on, don't do it. Why not? And they, they all ordered pizza, and I had the picture menu, which nobody else wanted because everybody was afraid to look like an idiot. I'm like, well, you're going to look like an idiot in a minute. <laughs> Just saying. And I, and there was a – they called it something completely different, even if it was uh, translated to English, than pepperoni pizza because it's not really what we think of as pepperoni because it's uncured. Oh, wow. Ham pizza, basically, like a salami a ham salami, if hmm. you will. Anyway, so that's what I got. You know, this guy over here that wanted this kind of special brick oven, blah, 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 blah. He got squid pizza. Because most of the pizza in that region is just the pizza dough. You yell sauce at it because there's not much on it. And you just slather on seafood. Hmm. It's a seafood delivery device in that area. Wow! It really is, and I'm like, you know, just telling you, these picture yeah. menus are are the bomb. Yeah, um, I knew limited Italian back then more more than I do now. Um, I knew enough to survive, you know, uh, literally survive. Yes, for water, for the hospital, whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the carbonary, but the carbonary, whatever. And uh because I started using the picture menus when I ordered a steak and got a big pork chop mm. and uh, now I'm not ar- arguing about it because it was the best pork chop I've ever had in my life and I miss it to this day <laughs> 30 years later I miss that pork chop
1: mm. <laughs> uh, oh god it
0: was so good um, but Anyway, right on. And that, that was a small beachside community um, near uh, Florence, but not at Florence, obviously. But, and it was closed for the season, so they ran it kind of like a – it was a restaurant underneath their hotel, hmm. and it was only open for the guests of the hotel. And you had to eat between this time and this time. The only time mama was cooking.
1: Hmm.
0: And it was the grand matriarch of the family that did all the cooking. She also made the wine. Her husband used to make it before he died. And what she made was a, uh, oh, man, what's the name of that wine? Oh, God, it, it just jumped out of my head. Hmm. It used to come in a glass bottle wrapped in uh, papyrus. Uh, it's a red. Anyway.
1: Chiantina. Made
0: that. And, you know, you all you could order in there was wine because she had the barrel of homemade wine, and that's what you got.
1: Hmm.
0: Um. Now, she had it in kind of different strengths, which changed the flavor a little. Mm-hmm. So she had one, like, before dinner and with dinner. Mm. and you kind of didn't know when they switched it because your palate changes a little. Mm. You know, so anyway, Chianti is what
1: Chianti, it is. Chianti,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, that's so good. Huh. Can't say I've ever had it.
0: Well, you know, you never know what a good Chianti is till you have it with, you know, a human liver and fava beans. Ugh. Like Like uh, old... Uh, Hannibal Lecter.
1: Hmm. I don't know that show. Oh, my! I've heard of it and never watched it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies, but not because he's a serial killer or anything.
1: Yeah, I can't handle stuff like that. Man, I haven't had breakfast yet, Todd, and all this oh. talking of food. <laughs>
0: I can, uh, so, you know our little odyssey we've had this year with uh, slithering little friends oh, yeah. outside? hmm Had another one.
1: Oh, wow. Shoot it? it. Was
0: literally. You know how you hide right beside a door outside? you back against the wall. Yeah. yeah. Flat, so whoever's coming through, you can jump at them and scare them. Yep. That's how this little creep was.
2: Oh, wow.
0: It was standing up. Really? About two-thirds of him standing oh, wow. up Whoa. right by the corner of the door uh, trim hmm. where you couldn't see him. And I went outside to spray some uh, mint oil mm-hmm. to keep away the rodents to try to keep away the snakes. Yep. And sprayed it, turned around, and there's that son of a gun right there, cobwebred, yeah, and standing up and he goes to my leg still way too close to him and he goes to strike and bite me but you know reflexes being what they are he bit my pant leg the bottom of it not my
3: oh leg wow leg.
0: so
2: so he didn't get you at all
0: no didn't get me at all he got my pants and then he died a horrible death you shoot him um I didn't have, he was between me and the door at this point. So I can't Mm. get in to get anything, but right next to the door outside, we keep a little child's toy garden hoe. Oh, okay. But it's still metal, but it looks like a rake. They call it a hoe. It's a rake. Okay. Anyway. So, all I went to grab him with it and his head slipped between the tines. Body could get through it, but his head can't get back through it. Then I spun it like he's spaghetti on a fork. (laughs) tried to keep him on it, <laughs> yeah, and then uh reached inside, got the shotgun, and then uh gave him a 12 gauge guillotine yeah, actually, no, I didn't. It made his entire head disappear into a red mist yeah, because it's twelve gauge double lot buck with the barrel touching his face,
1: yeah, boom. Hmm. How big was this snake?
0: He was only about 27, 28 inches.
2: Okay. Yeah, man. Now, they can
0: stretch farther than that, but the way he was. Hmm. You know, it was only about 27, 28 inches.
1: I'm glad we don't have snakes like that here.
0: We have some enormous uh, timber rattlesnakes here. But the copperheads, and right here, they don't get more than 30-some, you know, 30 or less, somewhere in there. Hmm. There's just so many of them. They have numbers on their side.
3: Hmm.
0: Um, And I'll shoo away a rattlesnake now because that's all they want to do. Copperheads are just mean, evil, nasty creatures. That want to go out of their way and bite you it's the only snake i know that's like that
2: hmm.
0: it's like they don't even like themselves
1: really <clears throat> that's crazy
0: you know how uh, never mind what's that ah uh, never mind
2: oh, okay Oh man, oh man.
0: I was about to inadvertently get us canceled, so I won't go there. Okay. See, now everybody's wondering, how can you go from a Copperhead conversation to getting canceled? Now we want to know. No, I'm not telling you. you
1: (laughs) right. You have to join the Patreon (laughs) to find that out. (laughs)
0: That's our super secret, never been recorded show. Only available to (laughs) Patreons. That's
1: right. Of which there are none. (laughs) You can't get even on, become one. That's right. How do you get on your Patreon? You can't. <laughs> what do you mean? It's so <laughs>
0: exclusive. It's impossible. There's Literally. only
1: two two members, <laughs> Jeremy and Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And those shows are never recorded. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny.
0: <laughs> oh, my Lord. I was watching uh, uh, a th- uh, little video clip. I can't even remember where it was now, but it was somebody making fun of somebody, you know, shilling for Patreon
3: for mm,
0: patrons, yep. but it was how they were doing it. That was the funny thing. Not, not that they're doing it. Cause obviously, you know, you don't make a lot of money on YouTube unless you're a handful of people. And you know, if you want to get paid for your work, you got to do it somehow. Yep. I don't have a problem with patrons. Uh, now i have a problem with people that make you know fifty thousand dollars a month on youtube having patreon mm-hmm. but whatever good for them yep you know i, don't, I don't, when uh when a millionaire multi-millionaire gets on youtube and starts claiming poverty uh, yeah.
2: can't stand it no
0: but like you know small i'm gonna say small you're not a small channel but a small channel under a million subs yeah you're not making a lot of money oh no you're not getting five hundred thousand, a million views on every video you're not making a lot of money no because what makes you money on youtube isn't subscribers isn't likes isn't comments it's view time Mm -hmm. it's the only thing that makes you money and it's the only thing marketing wise that makes sense because views are what interacts with the sponsors that pay YouTube money mm-hmm. that pay you money yep all right we only want this video this ad to show up on channels that get X amount of view minutes yep that's it and <clears> that's <throat> a thing so
2: oh yeah you know it's now, fun.
0: you can get cheaper ads you know as an advertiser you can get cheaper ads that'll run anywhere yeah. But if you're, if you're Ford and you want an ad, you know.
1: Yeah. Um. So, have you heard of the channel dies in every film?
0: I've heard of it. I don't know that I've ever seen more than one or two little clips.
1: Okay, so it's a guy, uh, Honor Kagler. Um, he was in the British military for quite a few years. He was a, he's got some crazy stories. Um. Like. Uh, yeah, in Afghanistan, and oh man, he's got crazy stories. I, he was on a like some type of a gunner team, and so like he every now and then he'll put a picture on his Inst- on Instagram or something. He bad dude, bad looking dude. He's he's not tall, um, but like fully tattooed. I think his oh, where's where his dad from? Not Lebanese. I forget. Anyways, anyways, like kind of real dark skinned guy um looks like it could just be mean and some of the war stories are insane but he got from x tool he got the big laser that i asked that i wanted to get anyways he's got their 50 watt co2 laser and whatever and then i just put a couple things on instagram about the laser pecker and then he messaged me like we've been we've been buddies for i probably since my channel had like ten thousand views like and he started a YouTube channel. He's, he's bigger than I am now. I think he's like seven, eight hundred thousand. And he used to be like, I remember I first met him. He had like less than a thousand, but anyways, he was uh, asking about the laser pecker. And I guess they reached out to him and offered him the LP three. And he's like, what do you, do you think it's worth it? And I'm like, Oh, I said, if I were you, I would, I would insist on the four because you have the dual lasers. And I said, honestly, that two watt infrared laser is what I'm gonna be using for all of my engraving because it just does a better job. And uh, and so he's like, oh, right on, thanks, man. And I said, yeah, I said, for a channel like yours, and they can just send you an LP for it. Like, don't, don't accept anything less. And then he goes, yeah, by the way, how's things been for you on YouTube lately? And I said, to tell you the truth, it's been garbage. Like I said, the views are going down subscribers are barely growing like almost every single video every new video I put out I lose subscribers which I don't understand um and then like the money's just going down like crazy and I was he's like yeah I'm, I find the exact same thing and and I always use the number I always tell people like I said I used to make more money when I had 30,000 subscribers than I do now like with 280,000 whatever it is I have I don't even know but and he said the same thing. He's like I I made way more money with 30,000 subs than I do now. And it's just it's crazy and and some of the the knife channels that I watch the the views on knife videos are just going down a lot. I've noticed. I'm actually shocked. I'm like, wow, like I this guy's videos he used to get, you know, however many it is, and now it's I don't know, maybe it's like people are getting Maybe the knife popularity with Forged in Fire and all that stuff was a bit of a fad, and it's kind of fading now. I'm not sure.
0: And it also doesn't help now that everybody has... Anybody who didn't have an IQ, I mean, literally zero, you know, like Marines, um, crayon eaters, (laughs) uh, they they didn't realize that it wasn't real. Mm. You know, it wasn't a real like knife making contest, like it was portrayed to be
3: mm-hmm.
0: right. Especially season one. Yeah. Um, but Will Willis has f- recently come out and did an interview where he, you know, told the truth. Um, and he was said, you know, I couldn't say anything before now because of, you know, NDAs and con- contractual obligation, carryover obligations, uh, after he quit, um, And then one of the judges um, has also said, yeah, it'd be totally inconceivable to do a real, uh, you know, weapon-making or knife-making contest between four people in the amount of time we have to film each episode.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, um, and it's season one... They literally embarrassed uh, some just world-class, like one sword maker, some knife makers, Mm world-class. They completely embarrassed them. They did it on purpose to dramatize the show, and they killed one guy's business. Oh, wow. Um, And just unapologetically, you know, and you can't say it's the, the... Actors, the actors, the judges on the show, and all any because they're not the show makers,
2: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah,
0: and eventually, Will had too much going on in his private life, and the dishonesty of the show was getting to him,
3: hmm.
0: and some other stuff. Yes. You know, one partly he's about 30% insane, but whatever. Hmm. He's been there, done that, he can have some mental health issues related to combat. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was an army ranger and an Air Force Pararescue. Hm. He, he he can he can have some stress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know.
1: I know what you mean.
2: Oh anyway. man.
1: Well, I should probably get at it soon. I think my parents are coming to take their T bird out for a rip today. They got the fifty six T bird and is up on the lift and my dad didn't know where the keys were for the longest time it's a pain but he's like oh man i wish i knew where the keys were because then if you ever need the lift just move the t-board off of it so they're i think it, right what's that are they in it no they were not uh-huh. we checked that but uh, i think he's found them now because he's coming out it's old cars you got to drive them you know or else i don't know They're they're thinking they might sell it because they never ever drive this thing Cars
0: uh, and airplanes break if they just sit there. And and I'll never know why, but particularly airplanes, um, in theory, knowing a a little bit about airplanes as I do, it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. until you start thinking that um, uh, there's a lot of hydraulics in an airplane. Mm-hmm. the ones i worked on and hydraulics you have to use them mm-hmm. um the the hoses the seals everything has needs to stay wet in order to survive yep so that makes sense but some of the other stuff you know an electrical component should just work or not no matter how long it's been used or sit right
3: mm-hmm. No. Hmm.
0: um that we had some contactless things components that the interior would they wouldn't contact each other right so they're not supposed to wear but they would they would break if it said the airplane was broke for something else and we're waiting on parts and it was sitting for more than a month yeah next mm. time it flies those things are broken no. weird crazy so is the t-bird a convertible yep it's gonna snow
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Drive your convertible after Labor Day. It's gonna snow.
1: Yeah, well, it's got the they've got the hard top on it right now, but uh, it's a nice car. I mean, it's '56. And... Oh, I love
0: T-birds. Don't get me wrong. I had one, um, but when we got married, we bought a, a late '90s T-bird. Uh, fast. Oh my god. Hmm. But anyway.
1: Yeah, this was not fast. Um,
0: I've always so- wanted a. You ever seen the TV show The Highlander? No. This T Bird when he's in America? That's the one I wanted. Hmm. It's the long back end. No, t-bird. okay. Uh, beautiful. Like hmm. 57. Yeah. Something like that.
1: Yeah. So, no, this is a. Yeah, 56. 56 T Bird. Because um, my mom was born in 56. And then my dad gave it to her for her 56th birthday. And uh, so this was originally from California, but it's been mo- registered most all of its life in Arizona. And there's this guy who's the guy to get T, t- birds because I think there's a 55, 56, 57. they are all pretty much the same Um, little oval window, hard top. But anyways, this guy, that's the only cars he would do. And I think when my dad got this lined up, it was like a seven year wait to get him to, to, to restore. And so this was a complete frame off restoration. Everything was NOS and no aftermarket stuff. Like my dad wanted it done. And so even like the radiator hose, it's like stamped with this old, old stamp. And it says like Ford, you you know, you could tell like they don't, radiator hoses now are printed nice and neat. And this thing's all this yellow and it's, so it's a neat car and it runs, you just touch the key and it just fires right up but um not fast like uh and it's so small inside like the the where they're going with this one it was marketed to like the wives of lawyers and doctors so they wanted a fun little sporty car um but like i hardly fit into the thing like it is really uncomfortable for me to drive and uh yeah no, it's kind of cool but they thought they would use it more than they did and then I think it was after that they bought the Mercedes, like a new Mercedes, whatever it is, a SLR 550 or something like that. Big, long nose on it. I mean, it's a sweet car. But um, once you have that type of a convertible, you're not going to ride an old Thunderbird around. (laughs) You're just not. (laughs) Especially like their Mercedes has, um, they went with the big, big one. Because then you can actually fit suitcases in it, in the back. They can get they can get one suitcase and two sets of golf clubs. So they can actually go somewhere for the weekend in it. Excuse me, I just sneezed. But that Mercedes is fun. That is a fun car to drive. Got the old paddle shifters. I think it's... It's not like... I forget. I don't know if it's an AMG or there's... I don't know, but it's like it's a V8, it's like a 650 horse or something like that. It's a sweet car, man. It is fun. I had it when you turn off all the traction controls and there's, you have to enter these codes to do it. Um, my dad took me out and we're doing like 65 miles an hour, about 110 kilometers. And you floor it and the back end just lets go. It just spins those tires. I'm like, wow. That is crazy. I say most people will never be good enough to drive that car, any car like that, you know, any like fast sports car, you can never take all the safeties off and push it and, and not just end up in the ditch, you know? But
0: yeah, most people think, oh, I, you know, I can drive this or I can drive that, but Some things you learn driving fast, you know, like if you want to be a race car driver, some of the things you learn are not lessons you learn until you've crashed. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's <clears throat> something you don't want to do in your, you know, $200,000 streetcar because mm-hmm. then you die. And so, and everybody's like, oh, you know, I don't, you know, they feel somehow lessened to go take driving lessons from a race car driver. Right. Mm -hmm. But they work, Mm
1: -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and those guys that start, I mean, they start racing go-karts when they're young and you learn those lessons you learn and they've grown up their whole life feeling, you know, like, uh, Steph's like, Oh man, I love the feel of these new tires. And she's like, I can't tell difference because it doesn't think about it, but I can, you know, and I've, I've, when I ride motorbikes, I can feel what my back tire is doing if I'm going pretty quick around a corner, because I've felt it slide out over and over again when I used to race, you know. And so you just get this feeling of like, oh, okay, I I got that, I got that, and you do that when you're young, you grow up doing that in go karts and that, you know, and they just magnify that a bit. But they they've spent their whole life knowing everything about what's going on, and then. Yeah, they could, they could do that on the street, but you get these guys who have a midlife crisis and they're like, let's buy a fast car. And then they're like, let's go. <laughs> or these teenagers that start street racing. And it's like, yeah, 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 it's crazy. I wonder why they all end up crumpled into a light pole or something.
0: Yeah, there's a reason I don't have a... I, and I've taken driving training. I've practiced, I've, drive, I've raced, you know. And there's a reason I don't have a sports car because i'm an idiot <laughs> you know if i have a sports car i want to push it to yep. its limit i want to find out where that limit is well i don't want to die i don't want to have tickets i don't want to lose my license I don't want to lose the car you know
3: mm-hmm.
2: but i know <clears throat> i'll do that yeah
0: because it's like an itch oh
2: yeah it's fun
0: <clears throat> and it makes no sense to me to go out and buy 800 horsepower hellcat if you not going to use an 800 horsepower Hellcat. Yep. You know, if you're going to drive it around like a Honda, for God's sake, buy a Honda and save a lot of money. Yeah. Save a lot of fuel, you know.
1: Yeah, I found the same thing with motorcycles. Like, at one point, like, right shortly after we were married, I had five motorbikes. Uh, Four of them were street bikes, and they were all registered, all insured. I could jump on anyone at any given time. And one of them was my my sport bike, a Crotch Rocket, and the rest were just kind of old older classic bikes, like 70 out of 78. And and I liked riding all of them. And you would, you, like, I would obviously keep the sport bike, but if if I had to only choose one of those bikes, but sometimes I'm like, no, I'm going to take, like, I've got a three hour trip to Edmonton. I want to take the old, uh, the old KZ 400. I just like that bike just for fun. And just riding the motorcycle is what i loved but when i got on that sport bike the fact that it had 125 horsepower i couldn't not use you can't ignore it and i was never a guy for top speed but you better believe it, every single light i was trying to get faster at accelerating like just you know i could i could do like 110 kilometers an hour no i did 120 in first gear that's what first gear will do when you red line it out and so Pull in front of a semi truck and just and you're gone you know and if if you have the power there you have to use it and some people are like oh you just like sport bikes it's like no i've got four motorbikes and i i do like this one this one's fun but i'm just as happy riding my old 74 my old 78 KZ 400. like it it's not that i don't know it's not like i don't like that bike to this bike but if i am on this bike you better believe i'm going to be wheeling as much as i can and I'm going to be driving fast. Like, like I said, I never did the top speed stuff, like winding it out. I think I had, I got up to like 270 kilometers an hour once, but you know, I had buddies who they would do all these mods. So they hit 300 kilometers an hour. That wasn't me, man. But I would do, I would definitely do like 50 to 60 kilometers over the speed limit. Like I'd have no problem, you know, doing little stints at 200 kilometers an hour. That didn't bother me, but oh, so fun. So fun. But yeah, I see guys with sport bikes in there. (laughs) They're driving in the slow lane, and the semi-trucks are passing them. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Why did you buy that? But Oh, we've been at it for an hour and 17, Todd. All right. Better shut the show down so I can get to work. Any plans for the weekend real quick?
0: Uh, yes.
1: What you doing?
0: Not for public consumption.
1: Gotcha. Cool beans.
0: Don't want to be talking about hiding bodies on, on a webcam or uh, a podcast.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That'll be for the after show for the patrons. Yep. Okay. Right on. You know how
0: many idiots are gonna to go to Patreon and search <laughs> can MC? <City? laughs>
1: Or something. And then
0: when they don't find it, I wonder which of those idiots is going to start one to yeah. collect the money.
1: <laughs> I wonder if we should do that just for that <laughs> sake. Seriously, I seriously, half wonder if we should.
0: Oh no! Go ahead.
1: Not not to actually let anybody be patrons, but just so nobody else can do it on our behalf.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I was going to get a. I was either going to do it myself or, you know, ask if you want to do it. Um, because of my track record with passwords uh, <laughs> to get an X account.
1: Yeah. What's an X account? Twitter. Oh.
0: But it's called X now.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Dumb. Uh, yeah, can if you want.
0: No, I'm just wondering.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think I'll, I don't, I got banned from Twitter, and I don't remember why and it was really dumb, and it was like 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, different people own it now, so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if you want to, let it rip.
0: All right, yeah, I'll get one.
1: Cool. Do you have the logo, our logo?
0: I don't think I do.
1: Because I can email it to you, that way you can put that on there.
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Cool beans. Right on. Well, it's good chatting with you, Todd.
0: Absolutely.
1: And uh, thanks to all our listeners. Hope you'll have a great week, weekend week, and uh, you too with a Todd have a good weekend. Hey, you we'll,
0: too, you and the family, um, do something enjoyable. We'll do that. I know you always do, but
1: you, you betcha. Know.
0: Who gets up on the weekend and go? I'm going to do something that sucks?
1: Yeah, that's know? right. That's right, leaves today. Why
0: lot people say, Have a good weekend. You know, well, of course, that's what you set out to do. I don't want to have a good weekend.
1: That's right.
0: Nobody sets out to have a bad one. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Right on. We'll catch you on the next show. All
0: right. Bye.